we who are saved, uh, at least a lot of people that I've talked to, They'll say, well, I don't drink anymore. I don't take drugs anymore, you know. I very seldom curse. It slips out because I've been cursing all of my life. Only takes one sin to send you to hell. And I think we... Forget that because, and I'm thankful that we, we don't. I'm thankful that when God uh, saved me, made profession of faith that uh, uh, we didn't do a lot of things we did before we were, were saved. But in Romans chapter 2, uh, verse 1, Therefore thy are inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judges another, thou condemn thyself, for thou that judges does the same thing. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despise thou the riches of the goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not having that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after the hardness and impentant heart treasures up Unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deed. Turn back to Romans chapter 1. We want to read verse 12. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. It's only the faith in the Lord that saves a man, not giving up his sin. He will give up his sin, but I know a man personally that used drugs, he was unfaithful to his wife, and we'd go on and on and on. And he thinks he's saved because he doesn't do that anymore. I don't need the Lord. I don't need the church. I don't need anybody. Because he was able, he thinks, to give up all of those things on his own. But I know better. I won't argue with him or anybody else on that. Uh, sin is stronger than my flesh, and so I need some help. And if I don't have enough sense to pray for myself, I thank God that other people who love me pray for me daily that I won't do the things that God's Word says not to do. But judgment upon sin includes all. 
And that's what Romans chapter 2, as we read the first three verses, you know, to condemn sin in others is to condemn yourself for all are guilty. I mean, that's what we read in verse 2 of uh, chapter 2 of Romans. Therefore, thy art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges, for within thou judges another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judges does the same thing. We may not do the same type of sin, but we sin. And drugs, alcohol, and being unfaithful to your family and wife are not the only sins that will take you to hell. Those are not the only sins that will cause God to hold back his blessings. I think that one of the things that I still see and hear about so much, and, and that's a little word gossip, you know. And a guy called me and he said, you know, me and my wife was just talking and we have known you for a long time and we really don't know anything about you. I said, do you know that I'm saved? He said, oh, I believe you're saved. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Because the other sins God paid for them, wiped them out, and if I sin today or I sin tomorrow, those will be covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know why people want to know everything you do and how you do it and why you do it, unless they want to make the, well, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as Job. only takes one sin to send you to hell. makes no difference whether you just tell a little white lie, which is a you know, falsehood, or it's an old white lie, black lie, they're all lies. And we lie because we're trying to make ourselves feel better or to lift ourselves up in many ways. But God said in Romans 3, verse 9, 10, and 11, on this same thought, he said, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jew and Gentile that they are all under sin. What I'm saying that I don't care how little your sin may be, how white, how black, whatever. If that sin is not covered in the red blood of Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. You may make yourself feel good, and I'm thankful. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life I'm ashamed of, but I have never, not one time, put an illegal drug in my body. And I thank God for that. But that won't keep me out of hell. What keeps me out of hell is the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross of Calvary for me. And because of that, our, everything I owe, I owe it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he not only saved me, but church, he keeps me saved. He's the one that keeps me from going back and doing anything that I may have done that was wrong. And in Romans chapter 3 and verse 9, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jew and Gentile that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. 
And if you look at the original language, it said, there is none righteous. There is none that does good. None that does right. Not a one of us can go through a day without sinning. But there's not a day that that sin that we committed today was covered in the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross some 2,000 years ago. And I'm thankful for a God that knows what I'm going to do before I do it. And he knew how many sins I would commit before he even created this world that he gave us to live in. See, a lot of things will change when you get a grasp on the all-knowing God. There's nothing he doesn't know. It blows my mind sometimes. You know, have you ever found yourself praying and, you're, and you want to do your best to tell God what that prayer is for? But God already knows. He already knows. And, I, and I'm not saying we shouldn't go into detail. But God's got the details. So when I pray... For you, when I pray for the church, I pray to an all-knowing God that knows everything. He knows what's on my heart and my inability to bring it out in words so many times. So he, he tells us here in verse 10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. And we may say, wait a minute, don't you, don't you pray every day? Isn't that seeking? We're praying because that is what we do because when you know someone and that person, that ability, that power. I remember the last heart surgery I had. When the doctor came into the bedside about 9 o'clock before I was going to have surgery that morning, you know, and the nurse said, he kids a lot, but he'll be praying for you. I mean, he's a surgeon. He has the ability. Why would you want to ask God? Because he knows as a doctor that is professed to be saved, his ability doesn't fix anything unless God heals it, unless God touches it. God tells us, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Now, that's hard in the flesh because when I pray and ask God for daily strength, what am I doing? I'm acknowledging that I cannot get over this by myself. I need him. Now, God does righteously judge sin and only he can. And that's what he said in Romans chapter 2 and verse 2. You know, we read it. But he said, but we are sure that the judgment of God 
is according to truth against them which commit such things. We can be assured as we stand before God at that judgment seat that every charge he brings against us, as he reads our life story right before us, he's not going to add a thing to it. But he's not going to take a thing away from it either. See, that is when we will see ourselves as God sees us right now. And that's why that I, I encourage you, I encourage everybody that's saved, when God opens up a door for you to give somebody a track for someone that's invited to church or whatever, because at that judgment seat, you're saved and your life is being spread before you and you may see that person not in glory. Is it because we didn't witness to him? Was it because we didn't live the life that we could have lived? Because last week we were having some problems. Today was better than yesterday. I still needed God today, just like I needed him yesterday. And tomorrow may be better than yesterday, but I'll still need him. All I'm trying to get, all sinners are basically alike, and you can't let your sin your inability to do and to accomplish what you want to accomplish override the fact that if you depend on God, as the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. I can do all things through Christ, not through my own power. Our judgment of others, no matter how just, does not excuse our guilt. You know, that's what we read in Romans 2, 3. And thinkest thou this, O man, thou judgest them which do such things, and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? You know, I may view things a little different than some of you, and you may view them different than, than, than me, but... If the use of drugs is wrong, but I know a lot of Christians, professing Christians, who justify the drug use because they're not addicted. My friend, the reason you're not addicted is because of God. And he'll let you go, just like you did David. And then he said, thou art the man. His friend said, thou art the man. And we don't know when God's patience and understanding is going to say, hey, I've had enough. But we can make sure that he will. That is, if we're saved. 
Our second point is to judge by comparison. Another is to criticize God's sovereign grace. This one is tough now. We judge by comparison. Another is to criticize God's sovereign grace. You know what the drug use in this country has done? If you got back trouble, you've been in a wreck, you've got any use for a strong pain pill, they'll mark you as a drug user. And some of those little waitresses or counter people at drugstores will make you feel like it. So what somebody else does won't affect you? Oh, yes, it will. It'll affect you if you need help because there are so many people abused to help. To look at other Christian sin instead of your own. I believe that's one of the sins that Christians do that I've never understood. Maybe one day I, I will. But Romans 2, 4 sort of deals with that. He said, Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God lead thee to repentance. You ever heard somebody say, they can stop using drugs. I did they can stop drinking booze. I did. They can start being a good husband and a good provider. I did. You ever heard that? Sure you have. And they really believe that. But what God has just said here, <laughs> what God has just said here, in Romans 2, 4, or despise thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. If God had not granted me repentance, I'd still be lost. And I had family praying for me, I had preachers praying for me. But it was God that showed me mercy. We need to understand that lost people cannot just decide the day I want to be saved. Now, some of them do because of some high-powered evangelist that says all you got to do is come down front, repeat after me and kneel and let me pray over you and everything's great. That's a lie. You won't find that in the Word of God at all. It comes through repentance and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. To judge rather than repent is to treasure up for yourself God's wrath. Look at Romans 2.5. But after thy hardness and impentant heart 
treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. See, there are secret sinners. There are people who, one of the sins I hate, I just hate it, is gossip. And I know people that will come to me and talk about people gossiping, you know, maybe they need to be saved. And what I want to say, but I can't because the timing is not right. You do know you gossip just like that person does. And I, what is God saying? Does that make it better for a saved person to lie than a lost person? No, it's worse for a saved person to lie. It's worse for a saved person to do wrong because he's been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. How many times have I repeated this from a gentleman that used to come here? What's wrong with the young people, Pastor? That's Owen. Now the old ones didn't like it. The young ones didn't understand it. But you can't tell your kids not to do something when they see you doing it. You can't whip your 15-year-old for smoking if you smoke. You can't get excited about your 16-year-old boy drinking a little bit if they see you drink. Why would they want to come to church if you don't? I'll start preaching here in about five minutes. To judge rather than repent is to treasure up for yourselves God's wrath. And that's what we're talking about in Romans 2, 5, and 6. But after the hardness of an impentant heart... Treasure up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. Every man. I won't have to be judged for a thing that Henrietta does. And I know she's just thankful that she won't have to answer for the things I do. But it's, it's one-on-one, me and God. Just me and God. So, if I want to bring out your faults, I better make sure I've got mine taken care of. God tells us, if you were innocent, and by the way, you and I are not, we look at Romans 3.23, and that tells us, you know, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if I understand the word all, that means that everybody. Every one of us falls short. We're not playing horseshoe. 
get the glory, we got to be perfect. And the only way we can be perfect is to take God's righteousness and impart it to our righteousness. God would so reward us. You know, in Romans 2, go back to verse 7. To them who by penitence in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but they obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You know, people who do what they're condemning, but just nobody knows about. You know, it's, uh, it, it is sad. You know, and now I, I, I will agree. If you're going to drink, stay home. If you're going to use drugs, stay home. If you think God is going to just wipe that away because you was home, you're mistaken. It doesn't work that way. Romans six twenty three, which we all know, you know, is a wonderful uh, scripture. But you know, Romans. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, that's just what was used to take somebody's life. But we need to understand that when he says, for the wages of sin is death, and sin does have its wages. You know, I know several people that, you know, through their past sin life of drugs and alcohol and sexual activity that was not controlled, they're having all kinds of health problems. See, God forgives you the penalty of sin. But he don't take care of the damage that's done to the body. You know, we had a gentleman that drank and he had cirrhosis of the liver and he had the idea that if he would accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, that cirrhosis of the liver would go away. And he ran up leaving the church because he said, I misled him. I didn't mislead him. I said, you have cirrhosis of the liver. You can have uh, anything wrong with your body that was caused or you contributed to it. But you go to hell because of unforgiven sin. And when God saves you, that body, that body is not going. <laughs> you know, you know I, I was 
guy came over to the house today, and he said, I just heard about your wife, you know, and, and he said, you know, my friend was at the funeral, and they were talking about how beautiful that she looked. I said, it wasn't her. That was the body that she used to live in. And that body is not going to heaven. He said, well, I don't understand that. Don't have to understand it. All you got to do is believe it. You know, we put it in a trough and we put it in a vault. You can pour cement 10 foot deep over top of it. That body is going to decay. When he comes... That grave is going to open, and in the twinkling of an eye, she's going to have a resurrected body, just like you or me. Don't have to worry about this so hard. In glory, because this heart ain't going to glory. This body's not going to glory. The ways of the sin is death. The reason we die is because of sin. The reason that we don't feel as good as we should, a lot of times, is the result of sin. And it can be the result of somebody else's sin, and I don't want to get on that too much because people don't agree with it, but <laughs> my kids may pay for some of my sins. My grandkids may pay for some of my sins. Because I don't believe that. Well, don't change the Bible at all. Number three, the chapter, the greater life, excuse me, the greater the light, the greater the judgment. Think about that. Romans 2, verse 12. Romans 2, verse 12. God said, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as having sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Verse 13, for not the hearer of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. What does these modern day evangelists, you need to join church. You need to get your name on the road. God is coming back. Well, I, I believe that too. But you don't need to join the church unless you're saved. He that knoweth better. How many times have I used that illustration? A three-year-old, somebody's got a three-year-old, they bring to church and they're eating something and they go to the wall, you know, and they slice it. That's terrible. It is not as terrible as a 14-year-old doing it, is it? What am I saying? James said, He that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him is sin. 
So if we know what the Word of God says and don't do it, our judgment is going to be much worse than the man who's never heard the Word of God and ridiculed me for preaching. I get personal with my kids sometimes. I don't care what your reason that you're not in church. I'll sit down and we'll have a cup of coffee and we'll talk about it. But if you think any excuse that you may have, you think God's going to accept it while you're not in church, you are joking. You're kidding yourself. James said, He that knows to do good and do it not is sin. You brought up in a Christian home that has taught you that you need to be in church, you need to be in Sunday school, you need to be faithful, you need to dress right, act right. Everything that the Word of God said, you've been taught that, and you turn your back upon that, your judgment is going to be harder than a lost man. People don't believe that, but it doesn't change change God's word. God said, he that knoweth to do good and doeth not sin. I mean, kid is brought in home. I've been in, was a member of our mission, went to Berea to talk to a family who wasn't coming to church anymore and and me and the brother went with me, sat there, and he'd got a nine-year-old, and he was about that far from the television, and, and the father said, son, would you please turn that down? And he looked at him and said, no. Wouldn't want to be in the Vance family about that time. <laughs> preacher or no preacher, I would have wore him out. Now, who's going to suffer? Both of them. Because it's just normal for a nine-year-old to do what he wants to do, especially if they hadn't been taught. But a father that's professed to be saved, been in a mission for eight or nine years, he's been taught. Well, Brother Vance, you don't know all the circumstances. I don't have to know all the circumstances. You think you're going to have any control over that kid when he gets 18 if if he tells you no at nine? It's not going to happen, people. It's not going to happen. God tells us here, you know, Romans 3, 23, we, we all know this verse, but for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. But all of our judgment is not going to be the same. You're judged with the intelligence. You think, if I'm super intelligent and my brother is, is not super intelligent, who does God expect the most out of?
to honor the world. Thank God that some of us, I wasn't influenced, I shouldn't say some of us, some of you were given a brain that was intelligent and you can work out things, you know, and, you know. I sat there at the house the other day trying to work on my computer and phone to get them to sync up, you know, and future, whatever he'll be, taking his boyfriend, you know, a little whippersnapper come over there, make you want to smack him. They know. Some people says, catch on. I'm sure that Matt feels that way about me sometimes. I've told you a hundred times, well, let's do the hundred one. It may sink in. You know. But see, all of that is nothing compared to the Word of God. The greater the light, the greater the judgment. It's just as simple. The greater the light, the greater the judgment. Romans chapter 2. See, darkness never excuses. Because Romans chapter 2 and verse 1 simply says, Therefore thy are inexcusable, O man, Whosoever thou art that judgeth, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemn thyself, for thou that judgest does the same thing. Light, however, does intensify guilt. The fact that the guilt prefer darkness teaches us that light makes them consciously aware of their sin. Why would they flee to darkness? Darkness never excuses. Even who know not the law are punished for sin. Romans 2.12 tells us that. Romans 2.12 For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Simply stating that once a man knows to do right and chooses wrong, his judgment is greater. It's greater. I feel sorry for preachers as they burn in hell who claim to be called of God. (coughs) 
and are putting their approval on the, some of the most damnless heresy you ever seen. You're not going to heaven because you're a preacher. Can you imagine what their judgment would be that get up there in the pulpit and tell those people that they're all right, being gay, having a sex change, and wanting to be a woman when they're a man? There's preachers putting their approval upon it. They're not ashamed of it because they're interested in the how many is there and what the total offering is. That's it. Those who have knowledge of the law are even more responsible. I mean, it's what Romans 2.12 tells us. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. There are people now that with these mega churches, they aren't being taught anything. They're going to church, they're going out and doing what they want to. If you've been taught, if you come from a Christian home and you've been raised up in church, your judgment is a lot worse. One last point. All men know right from wrong. Romans 2, 14 through 16 tells us that as we close. Romans 2, 14. Let's start with Romans 2, 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. See, there's, there's a lot of difference between knowing the Bible and practicing the Bible. There's a lot of difference between being a church member than being a child of God. That's what God is saying here. You know, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. I mean, there are people that think, I wouldn't miss a Sunday morning. And that's why, comparatively now, there is no Sunday night. There is no Wednesday night. It's just Sunday morning. Everything is put in for the Sunday morning service. But God says, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. <laughs> just because you go to church and hear the word, it don't make you saved. But he said, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. 
going to make this statement. I'm going to elaborate on it. But I know a lot of non-church members who don't profess to be saved. As I said, when my wife was living, there are lost men that I would trust to take my wife to the doctor and some professing Christian men that I wouldn't. And that's a shame. But there are some morally sound as far as you know, being honest, when they speak to you, you know it's going to be truth. They borrow money, you know they're going to pay it back. I mean, such good, sound, moral people. And then there are saved people that said, now, you know, you know God's going to let them in. No, he's not. Because you're not going to heaven because you're good and you're moral. You're going to heaven because you heard the word, you repented of your sins, you trusted what Jesus did. And if people would study the Bible, that's exactly what Romans, I mean, you know, we studied Romans here a couple, three years ago, verse by verse. What a book. The only explanation is the above is an infant or a uh, imposel. There are people that are born without the ability to make a rational decision. And I believe those that's a baby in a grown-up body. I mean, if you believe babies go to heaven, and I do, and the Bible proves that David's child went to heaven, he, David said, you know, I can go to him, but he can't come to me. There are some adults that's been in a wheelchair or bed all of their life. They don't know nothing. I believe those people are glory bound. You can believe what you want, but that's exactly what God is saying here. The only explanation of the above is an infant or a naive person that has never, never had enough human intelligence to make a decision. But we who have, as my dad would say, the the sense of a goose, we go to hell because we reject Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this day.